This episode of the Happy Hour brought to you by Sugar and Slice Bakery. Contact Kristen at 863-326-8097. You can email her at sugarandslicebakery at gmail.com. They're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sugarandslicebakery. See all the wonderful photos of their custom cakes, cupcakes, cookies, cheesecakes, and pies. Order for your next party, family get-together, or company event. Also, if you tell them that the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you, they'll give you $5 off the total of your next order. So don't forget to tell them that the happy, happy hour, hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and I got my co-captain, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Of course, this is the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. And, of course, every episode of the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Not bad. Right. Not bad. Not bad. The old bush light. Yeah, a little seven out of ten. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. maybe six. Maybe six. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm too nice. And of course, we love to have people on with us. We have special guests today. We have Amber Segan from Dreadnought Foundries. So, welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're very, very (laughs) excited to have you. Now, Deuce, tell us a story. How'd you meet Amber? Actually, it was really, really funny. Like, I, I saw you had made the event page for your event at Player One. Yes. I'm like, oh, wow, they've got this video game, and this video game is actually based out of Orlando. We're, you know, within throwing distance to Orlando. Let's <laughs> see if they want to do the show. Yeah. Because I'm pretty good at PR, but most of it is just I fall into it. I'm right. like, <laughs> let's just ask. Because so far, it, it's kind of like when we had the people from King of the Nerds that came and stayed with us. We... I basically just sent an email to TBS and said, hey, we want to talk to these people. And then they sent me their PR rep. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, here you go. When do you want to talk to them? And then we got their names. TBS was super cool. They're like, TBS yeah, continue awesome. doing what you guys are doing. Yeah. Just we're not going to have anything spoiled. That's the only thing. Yeah, you can talk like, about whatever you want. Anything. Don't spoil yeah. anything. But you could talk about what you want. That's and really surprising, actually. Yeah. It was super chill. Yeah. They, were, they were really nice. And they actually had a couple uh, to pull back the curtain. They had a couple. Take a sip. That's yeah. a, the the happy hour of Johnny drinking Deuce game. game. We, there's certain <laughs> phrases we say a lot in every episode, uh, but they were like, we remember one because some people would just call on their own cell phones and everything. Yeah. And we call in, and then we because we got in trouble for that one. Yeah, because I didn't set it up through TBS. I just yeah. I hit her up on yeah. Twitter. I'm like, hey, you want to do the show? And she's, she's like, like, sure. And so she calls me, and then I get an email the next day, and it's like. Hey, by the way, I th- found out through Twitter so and so did your <laughs> show, and I'm like, "Yeah, she was on last night. She was a great interview." Yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> She's like, I- "If you want to set up the interview, that's cool, but do it through me." And I'm like, "Yeah," because this is deuces happens every time. Just say you're sorry. Yep. And I'm like, I'm yep. so sorry. I will never let it happen yep. again. And she's yep. like, "Don't worry about it. Just don't do it again." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, so. and it was really cool because, like, the, from that point on, they were having like it was like a TBS. Like, we'd get the 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 PR person or whatever. Like, yeah, they we get the call in. Like, all right, so so we do a podcast at nine. They would call in at like five till, and they'd be like, "All right, this is blah blah blah." And uh, in a few minutes, we're gonna connect you. So like, oh, they'd yeah. be calling from uh, the yeah, main office were, yeah, to connect to that person's. Yeah, so like, somebody's standing over them, yeah, staring at them. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, we know we 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 got really great. Well, I wish uh, they would stand over them because a couple <laughs> of them was like. Yeah. Cattle prod him. I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah, yeah. Come on, talk. Yeah, talk. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really great experience. Big love to TBS. They hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they'll renew King of the Nerds. Yes, we're, we're still kind of holding four. out hope, but yep. we'll see. Yeah, we love King of the Nerds. So, and let, let's let's preface this now. Amber, you work for Dreadnought Foundries. I do. And what does Dreadnought Foundries do? Uh, we are an all-inclusive firm. 
We're a startup company, and our basic premise is we want to help other startup companies. So we work with indie video game uh, people in the area in Orlando, and instead of offering them like, hey, pay us up front a ton of money, and we'll give you a marketing plan. No, no, no. We're going to tie our revenue streams into your revenue streams. So if you don't make money, we don't make money. I, I think it's smart. I think it's sound, um, and, it, and it gives – you know, it, like it, both of you, both parties have the best interest at hand, you know? Right. Like, so, and I think that's a good idea. And, and it gives people more of a chance to try it out too, you know, be like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Morgan and Morgan's been doing this for <laughs> years. I mean, this isn't a bad business plan. The dude's the richest guy in Florida. That's so, what we're hoping yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Dreadnought Foundries for the people. For the people. <laughs> for the gamer. For the gamer. There, there, there you go. There you go. For the gamer. For the gamer. We, we just coined now. it. Bam. <laughs> this is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, but so. So you guys were talking about now you were representing major games in yes. this event yeah. that happened at Player One, yeah, and major games has a game called Bit uh, Evolution that's that's uh, that came out in June if I'm not mistaken on uh, yeah. Steam. Yeah, it did. Uh, and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, Bit Evolution is kind of major games uh, love letter to video games from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So you basically you start off as a little character named Bit, and he is the Pong in the video game Pong. And he kind of breaks the fourth wall, and he breaks free. And he plays through uh, Atari, uh, Game Boy, NES, and SNES games. It's a very cool premise. Yeah, I, it was funny because I, I, I was checking the game out and on my computer. And I rem- Love Letter is the perfect way to describe it because mm-hmm. when it first starts off, you're like, oh, wow, they got like the music going. I'm like, the 8-bit <laughs> the sounding chip-tune. music. The chiptune yeah. music going. And like, I love that the, the there's so many. It pays homage to like so many different games like when you first start off it's like the Atari era but it looks like t- to me when you see Bit he kind of reminds me of Kirby and I'm a huge Kirby nut yeah he's Kirby. really cute like that yeah he's really <laughs> cute he got the little little black eyes or whatever really really cute uh, but one of the things I thought was interesting was how there is a co- realm code or whatever code, code of the, ra- of the realm yeah. yeah where if you die quote unquote die you go into this realm it's like the matrix it's got yeah. all the zeros and ones and yeah. stuff really really neat uh, but if you go there, you don't want to die in that level because you start from the very beginning of the level. Yep. So I didn't know that. And I read through it. I was like, all right, well, let's see how hard this is. And I'm going through. And I, one, of the thing I, one of the things I also love is the uh, different combinations of uh, mouse or the keyboard combinations that you can mm-hmm. do with the controller. Because, like, you can do one-handed. There's a one-handed combination there if you just want to sit on the couch and chill. You know, <laughs> back. And then you have the, the WAS, uh, all you keyboard, you know, uh, PC gamers know what I'm talking about there. You have that option. And then the option I used was just the standard default option, uh, up, down, left, right, and then the space bar jump and That's shift for action. It, was just, it just seemed easy for me to hit that way. But it was, it was actually challenging because it is a uh, – the type of game it is is a 2D uh, side-scrolling uh, platformer, I yes. guess is what you would describe it. Uh, very, you know, like you said, back pay homage to, like, uh, Mario and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Uh, very big Mario influences in there as well. Um, but I love because, like, I didn't know how challenging it was to be because – because they tell you about the the code of the realm of the code of the realm world, and then when you get hit, you go back to being in level. I'm like, wait, wait a second. And then I was going through the same level, and I was like, I don't know, is there? And then you all of a sudden you're playing through. I love the sense of exploration, which I think they did a really good job with this. Was you can find the very first time you find a checkpoint, you're like, oh, there's a checkpoint in every <laughs> oh, level. Wait. They don't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So we're going through, and then there's like a flag pole, or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that. That's Mario again. Mario, which <laughs> is really cool. So you go back to the checkpoint when you pass that time. I'm like, okay, so that's neat. So your main goal, you want to like find that 
that checkpoint first, and then you explore because it, I'm I love I'm a, I have a collector's gene in me. Like mm-hmm. I love to collect things, uh, physical and digital. So like in the game, you can find these little uh, pixels, yeah. I guess. And there's like in the first set of the world in the Atari zone, I guess you I want to call it the uh, there's a name for it, but the, it's the Atari area um, where you have like the different worlds you go in. Uh, you you can get twenty of them or whatever. Um, so I love to collect them. But one thing I was finding out was they weren't all in a row. Yeah. Like you had to intentionally die to get to certain parts of the Survive. level. Yep. Which made me as a gamer go, oh no, I don't know what I can't find them. <laughs> and then I'm going through and I'm like, wait a minute, you have to guy die to go back to the part where you couldn't get to earlier. So it was, I like the level design was very very smart and and I you know hats off to that because I really really you know enjoyed that part of the game. Um. And the music itself, like, it just brought me back. Like, oh, yeah. Chip tunes. Oh, my goodness, you know. So, like, I feel like the person, I think this is catering to a, a really cool audience because, like, you get people that, like, like us that grew up with the Marios and the, you know, Atari and whatnot. And then people, like, it's on Steam, and Steam is huge. So, it's oh, very, yeah. you know, very big for Steam to be, you know, uh, have all this, you know, games and everything like that. So, like, for me, it's like having it on Steam is a good idea. And the fact is, you know, right now, indie games, quote unquote, indie games are really getting a good push from a lot of different companies. Definitely. They're kind of the newer the newer thing right now, like yeah. with games like Fez and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I, I'd go on and, I mean, I, I, that's like my favorite thing. And I also think like when it comes to the gaming industry, you have your AAA tiered uh, uh, publishers and then you have... You used to have a middle tier, and then it's not there anymore. That's not oh, there anymore. Yeah, now it's, it's kind of like that's gone. dissolved, it's and now squashed. you have your, you know, your your. I, I don't. I hate to use indie because like some of these games, like Shovel Knight, like they were kickstarting you know, yacht game, uh, yeah. yacht club games, like that. I mean, see where they gone, where they started, and where they are now is just mind blowing. And I love how companies like Sony really loves to push you know these indie titles so yeah, they really do they're very supportive they're really supportive games. yeah there's more indie titles on one well, not computer but like home console there's more indie titles on uh, P- uh sony's ps4 than there is any other console right now so and i really love that and uh you said that we were talking before the show that they mm-hmm. were wanting to work on like an ios version yeah that's the next plan um is ios and android and uh, working on that but we have to change the controls a little bit because right. it is different you don't have the keypad um, and then there is possibilities of moving it to the consoles. So that'd be great. That'd be very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like you said, I, I is a love letter because that was actually what I was describing it. It was like this is all things that we love growing up, and we're gonna put it in a game. We're gonna just you know show it why why are these games great and why should you play them? Exactly. And I think within the first the first Atari World Zone or whatever, it really gave you a great idea. So I I want to get I took screenshots. So uh, <laughs> and I love it because. Uh, it's kind of like well, I do this when I take notes. I just take visual shots. That way, I can that way I can go back and reference it, and then I show people that are sitting at the table, or whatever. Like, oh, this is what he was doing. Like when we did our E three talk, yeah. I just took I, I screen capped everything, yeah, he all the big games. Everything, that way, so we I didn't have to actually read notes. That's we just looked through the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that and because Deuce don't like to read, so <laughs> like it was like no, oh, no words. So it's like I just look at pictures. pictures only. Yeah. Yeah, so I loved how, like, each – you had, like, four different areas that you, you could play through, and each time, you know, you had your Atari one, yes. um, which is Temple Quest, and then Monochrome was the Game Boy, and then Project N was the NES, and then Super Evo X, what I wanted to get – that's why I'm glad I took pictures. Now I have, like, I can read the actual <laughs> zones now. And the Super Evo X was the Super Nintendo-styled one. And yes. I love how each one, you the character, like – 
evolved, hence the name evolution. Uh, they he evolved and he got bigger and larger and had more abilities and yes. everything like that, which I really think is neat. Now we won't go through everything because I want you to play the game because it's <laughs> awesome. But one of the things that shout out to me is I'm a huge Pokemon fan. Oh yeah, uh, I think that's everybody's favorite reference. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> like I was going through I'm like. They even have, like, the text of, like, the box you're meeting, like, yep. professor. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I and I, I was, like, I was getting really excited. Uh, let me see if I took a picture of it. They went through a lot of yeah. different designs like, for what? him. It's evolving. I'm like, what is this? This is so cool. I started freaking out. Uh, and they had, like, the professor there and everything like that. He's coming through. And uh, he even makes a joke to the game, like, oh, yeah. before you go on your travels, make sure you – oh, wait, wrong game. I'm like, oh, cool. So, like, for Are you a boy or a girl? Yeah, yeah, I love that. This is really, really neat. Uh, and, but I also love how the Game Boy world looks much different. Yes. And like it has like the, the the tones of you know of a Game Boy game. Yeah, and everything I'm, evolves. Did you notice the music evolves, evolved, the artwork yep. evolves? I love that. Everything. And, and even like the the world map. I love the world yeah. map. It looks <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I also love that you know because of the first I think the most difficult part of the first part was the fact that your jumping wasn't as high. Like you had to get creative, mm. jump on enemies. But here you have legs. So because you have legs, if you have legs, you can obviously jump higher. You can higher. do a little bit more. So <laughs> I like that they kind of give you walking you through, you know, each each world has its own thing that you you kind of practice with and get good at uh, good with and so I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Um do you know how long the game was under development? Oh. It's hard to say with an indie game because there's so much start and stop. Right. Um, I know that they started it, I want to say two years ago mm -hmm. and then stopped it for a while yeah. and then restarted it again. And how, how big of a team is uh, major games? Um, they have a core of like three designers, a pro main programmer and the president who also programs. Um, but then they also have like an art team and they have a bunch of freelancers. So it was just kind of a labor of love for everybody. No, they have, they're pretty active on their Facebook page. Who handles yes. that? Me. You're the one handling. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So I've been interacting with you on a pretty <laughs> regular basis. Yeah, that's me, and I'm the Twitter as well. So nice. when when I when I when you did the question about uh, Mario too, that was me, the Doki Doki Panic. Yep. I'm the one that put the picture <laughs> up. It's like, oh great, we even have a picture example. I'm like, okay, cool. I know. I need to make my trivia harder because you guys get it like in the first two seconds. <laughs> oh no, he I, gets I, it the first. Two I seconds. get it. You can't assume <laughs> everybody has the vast knowledge yeah. that of I course, have. Of course, yeah. But uh, <laughs> his gaming knowledge is ridiculous. Like <laughs> yeah. he he's my pub trivia video game <laughs> oh, yeah. phone he's the phone a friend yeah, yeah <laughs> when it comes to video game trivia because he'll he'll know yeah he, hell, he can right even tell me those. the composer of the music for yeah crying out loud. that's yeah. crazy so, yeah so that's why i like i love video game music and it's like so because it's a whole different world because yeah. i've talked to people before in the past like bear mccreary uh he's he's a famous composer now but like he he did Battlestar galactica music he also uh, does outlander the, yeah. the show he did a video game called from for uh, for Capcom called Dark Void, and a really good score. The game was you know iffy, but he they did a a eight bit version of the game, and oh. so he had to do an eight bit demake of all of his score. Oh, that's kind of cool. He said it was his first time he really did anything like that, and he said even though he's a you know seasoned composer, going into the mindset of doing video game music challenging. You don't yeah. even, I mean, it's a whole other world. So oh, yeah. I, I I really appreciate the composer doing the music here because it like, really had a lot of awesome you know. You know, Mega Man influences, Mario influences, and like a lot of really cool um, tunes. And it's like you said, it evolved to change the yeah. music. Yeah, as you go along, it, it yeah. changes its tone a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, really like that. So, Bit Evolution is the first game for Major Games. Yes. And so this is their debut title. Their debut title, and 
if they decide to make another one, do you know if they're going to be making a sequel to this or they do something totally originally different? Um, any, I any know year? they have a lot of stuff in the works right now. I know they would never be opposed if, yeah. if Bit Evolution does well. Obviously, yeah. they're going to do more. Because I know with the, I've talked to a lot of people that make you know, in the process of making games and a lot of stuff gets scrapped in the cutting room floor. Yes, there so was a lot scrapped. So imagine they have a lot of extra yes. stuff. Would they ever consider doing DLC or anything like that? Too? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it just depends on how the public reacts to it and yeah. if they like it or not. Yeah, so definitely if you've played it or if you haven't played it, uh, definitely tell your friends because uh, I got a chance to play I got through like 75% of the game and I really, really enjoyed it. Which big, big, did big way thank you than me. to Major Games for that, for hooking us yeah, up. Yeah, that. that was oh, really yeah. a big shout that. out to yeah. you guys. Not a problem. Gals, so really, really cool. Uh, really fun. It's I love that it's on Steam. Of course, if, you, you know, if you're new to Steam, Steam is super easy. Download the app. Uh, for the computer, and then once you have it, it's in your library forever. Oh, yeah, it's very user-friendly. Yeah, really easy to use. Um, and then, so definitely check it out. Leave them a review. Tell them Happy Hour Johnny Deuce sent you. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we really, you know, really had a great time with it. We're going to send a review as well. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, really, really fun. Now, what other, uh, we were kind of talking before the show, what other uh, companies were you working with now? Um, our next company is called Good X Games. Um, they are involved with the Clinton Global Initiative, and their game is called The Solar Games. It's still kind of in its beta phases, but um, hopefully there will be – we don't have a release date yet, but it will probably be within this year. Um, but it's a mobile game, and it involves solar racing, and half of the proceeds actually go towards building uh, solar panels in Haiti. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, it's very cool. It's, it's good for to a good be a cause. part of that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So they're – they're a pretty interesting group of people, but uh, and we have to deal with the Clinton Global Initiative as well, so now, we have to jump through some hoops with that. Let's put this in dumb, dumb, deuce, dummy talk. <laughs> We're talking like Bill Clinton, Clinton yes, Initiative. Yes, Bill okay. Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, and Hillary Clinton. Okay, the the Clinton clan, if you will. <laughs> so uh, what was their initiative, the Clinton clan? That uh, I believe it's to, to it's get a solar energy and stop using nuclear and coal <laughs> or something? I, or? I think it's a nonprofit dedicated to trying to um, – fix climate change uh, sure i think okay. that's their the global main warming stuff like yeah, that. yeah i think okay. that's their main goal yeah. um i know that they're all really involved with nonprofits altogether sure. so I'm, yeah. I'm not i wouldn't be surprised if there was more to it than that yeah well that's cool yeah I mean, that's awesome that they're trying to you know help the environment and stuff so. yeah no what's uh, i want to talk more about you what's your background like uh, how did you kind of start Dreadnought Foundries, like, do you have, you, you were at Full Sail, I think, if memory yes, serves? Yes, so I am go? still currently at Full Sail. Oh, okay. I'm about seven months from graduating. Awesome. Nice. Yes, and um, I just recently moved back to Orlando. I lived in Melbourne for a little bit, and... Um, Melbourne, Florida. Yes, Melbourne, Florida. Florida. Okay, I wish Melbourne, Australia. Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Melbourne, Florida. <laughs> Not as exciting. Um, but yeah, I moved back, um, finishing up my degree, and I kind of just happened by chance. I met Kevin Gray, and he had this idea. He has his own video game company called GravTech Games, which will be another one of our clients. Oh, nice. Um, they are doing a much more, like, a huge game. Bigger uh, scale. Yes, much bigger scale than uh, most indie games tend to be, especially with your first game. Uh, it's called Nora. And, uh, oh, I think I've have I heard. Is you might have. I, I think they I've they heard were in of their kickstarting phase not that long okay, ago. Okay, because that, that name comes comes like I, it's I think a I've very big uh, sci-fi kind of thriller. So in space. <laughs> so uh, they just released uh, their first like alpha pictures from oh, it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it looks amazing. I I, I actually kind of got like a creepy like a Mass Effect sort of vibe 
kind of not really mixed with Dead Space, but there's a creepiness to it. I was gonna say it. Dead Space, like the it's eerie, not like eerie straight eerie. in your face scary, right. but it's got like a like unsettling yeah. scary yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, my question is this: Do they know what platform they're gonna take it to? Is it going straight to PC, or are they gonna try and maybe take it to a console for GravTech? For GravTech for Ooh. Nora. I actually don't know. The We'll, well, say I allegedly. <laughs> well, le- well, this is the way I, from what a lot, of, from other people I've talked to, you know, it's 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 very easy to to start off on PC first because Steam is a pretty good. Yeah. They they support they're good at supporting um you know studios and whatnot, and then a lot of times when you look at k- Kickstarters, it's usually like a thing where if you do a Kickstarter, like it's a a bonus goal or a goal that you find yeah. a stretch goal to stretch do goal. more. Yeah. Because yeah. usually and then and then like Sony or Microsoft or or Nintendo are like, all right, well you have enough people that are supporting you, then we'll help fund the other part yeah. of it. It's usually what happens. Yeah, I, I want to say that they are probably going for, P- just from what I know from coders, it is easier to go from coding for a PC and then switching the it to yeah, yeah. PS4. It's a, you just have to simplify it a little bit more. Yeah. So, so. Which I've heard the opposite about with Xbox One. They're really? Like, yeah, they're like, PS4, easy to code for. Xbox One, <laughs> They make it difficult. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so some sometimes they'll be like, we'll do a PC, PS4, and not even mess with Xbox. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. We don't want to yeah. dig into that code. And well, like it's really the opposite of last generation yeah. where it was easier to, to uh, most companies would make the game for the 360, and then everything else would be like a dumbed-down port to like the yeah. PS3 or whatever. And so like in P- in the PS3 was just really hard to, to design yeah. games for if you weren't in-house, like, you know Sony Studios, so like now it's like the the rules are reversed. Now it's like PS4 is essentially like a PC, like a yeah. Yeah. PC. And I think they built it that way on purpose. They're yeah. like, look, we messed up the last gen, <laughs> so the <laughs> current go gen, big. we're going yeah. big, and we're yeah. also going to build this thing like a PC. Mm-hmm. So when people are making their games, it's not hard to port it from PC over to this, and it's not hard to code for. And knock on wood. I'd, I'd love to get some guys from one of your different companies sometime, like a coder, even though I talked to them the other night. And they're, they're, not, they're not, God love you coders, but you're not the most talkative bunch. So, no, but not. love to have them and pick their brain a little bit <laughs> on like how it is coding for these different things. Cause I'm a, I'm a big dummy when it comes to that stuff. Oh, I, I don't too. know all that stuff, but I would love to sit down and ask them some questions. I think it'd be, it'd be definitely be interesting. So yeah, definitely. Um, I'd be curious as well. Cause like, I, I come, I'm more of the between Deuce and I. Yeah. I am more of the technical side. Yeah, he's of the tech guy. Yeah. I'm the tech guy. So like that stuff like sp- uh, speaks my language. Uh, I guess literally. <laughs> uh, uh, but like I love the tech side of things like that. Um, and for me, it's like you know getting the stories. I think one of the greatest things that's almost even more fun to hear is about the stories about how games are made. Uh, even more sometimes more times than playing the game itself is like yeah. hearing the stories behind it. Like how did you get the idea? Where did this come from? Oh, you know, definitely. and I love those things. And, it's and never simplistic it's always nope. like they had to jump through hoops they had yep. something terrible happen they had something amazing happen it's never just like well we sat down and we coded for a little while and then we pushed out a game yeah, yeah. never like that no no i mean you look at uh jonathan blow who uh you know he got his huge hit with uh braid uh, braid was a huge hit for him and that game was essentially like it was his love letter to platformers puzzle platformers yeah and it's a game you have to play if you've not played it it's fantastic it's on all the consoles essentially um and really, really awesome. And it's like for him, it's like you know he 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 didn't know how it was gonna resonate with people, and yeah. then he and people start you know. And obviously, Microsoft did a really great job that time when they released it during the the summer arcade era, whatever they were really pushing uh, indie titles. And it did so well that he was able to have enough money to fund his current game, The Witness, which is coming out the PS4. Uh, and so it's kind of really neat when you hear like these projects of people that start off and they they grow and grow and grow. Hello Games is another company that I, I like to talk about. Uh, they're creating a game called No Man's Sky, which looks amazing right now, currently for the PS4. 
Uh, and it's great to hear like these these small teams, you know, mm-hmm. and the love they have. Because I don't know if you've talked to people where they're like, oh well, you know, you have like these huge companies like Ubisoft, for example. Like they have hundreds plus team working on a game, and when you have that many people working on a game, you don't really have a lot of deviation from the main path. Yeah. When you have a team, there's you know, not like, a lot of space for creativity there. Right. So like with like with major games doing um, uh, bit evolution, it's like. They probably have like the you know their team, and then they they kind of they can have the freedom to kind of play around oh, with the you know ins and outs of the game, and be like oh I have this idea, and it doesn't take as much time to change yeah. as it would like a team working on Assassin's Creed or something. You oh know, yeah, where you have literally a guy that's working on hair. You yeah, know? like you're like this is your job today. You're working on hair. You know, <laughs> that's all you're gonna do for the next three months. Exactly, and I, I, that's why I gravitate. I personally gravitate towards like the indie titles more. I just I love it. The charm is a charm. Like with eight, mm-hmm. uh, with bit re- uh, evolution, there's like a charm there. Like with the way they talk, the characters, the boss fights are fun. Yes. And so like the, the, there's a lot of callbacks to that, and I, I love the charm that you get that you don't necessarily get out of a AAA title. Oh, know? definitely. I'm not knocking AAA titles because there's some really great ones that come out, but. Deuce and I talk about, you know, the dude bra people, the the man Call <laughs> yeah. of Duty people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used the to work d- at GameStop. The dude bra. Oh, yeah. high five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Take a sip. <laughs> um, we, but, like, you know, because you get those people, and, and sure, they, they make a lot of money for the industry. You know, they're annualized, too. So they have yeah. to, there's a lot of pressure put on those teams because they have to put them out every single year. So a lot of times they have to take the same assets and just tweak them because they literally can't make it from the ground up because it's design of time. Right. Think about like a game, you know, that has an exclusive. For example, like they Naughty Dog was working on The Last of Us for like four years. Oh, that was uh, an amazing game. Amazing game. Uh, but they, they, they had all that time to work on it. So the problem that Deuce and I had was with Assassin's Creed, because it became annualized, Ooh. it was just kind of like... You know, it Unity, got really monotonous. Very monotonous. Yeah. And it wasn't that good. Like, you'd have, like, prime example, Assassin's Creed 4. Loved it. Yeah. Unity. Bought it. I think I played it for three hours. It's still sitting over there. Yeah. I haven't popped it back in because it was glitchy as hell. There was all these problems. And yeah. I'm like, game one, you <laughs> know, yeah. game one bugs, you know? Like, that's, it's insane that you really, you, someone had to sign off, Mara, this game is ready for production, for, you know, uh, for release. And, and then they're like, oh, well, nowadays it's like, we'll just do a game one patch. Day, day one patch. You're like, yeah. That's what, a- what is the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, don't, I don't understand. So, like, I, that's why I love, you know, like Nintendo. I, I, Deuce and I, you know, love Nintendo. Nintendo is fantastic. They've been around forever. But they, their games work day one. You never yeah. have to worry about. They're I think the only, the only game that ever had, that I recall, I mean, no game is perfect, obviously, but there's only one game that I remember in recent memory was uh, Metroid the Other M had a game-breaking bug where you'd actually have to send in your copy of the game plus your uh, your Wii, and they'll fix it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was crazy. But it wasn't in a lot of them. It was only like 10% of all well, Wii's. Well, still, if you're in that 10%. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> cool. It's a huge inconvenience. Yeah. yeah, and not to mention the fact a lot of people didn't like the Other M. Um, I never finished it. Um, that was the one with the love story in it, right? A lot of talking. Samus yeah. is very emo and whiny mm. and stuff. Yeah, That's which not what Samus is about. No, no, no. Samus is about blowing stuff up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's a badass. She, she is. Need to she have is. a love story. Yeah, yeah. She's a soldier. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> so that game was kind of off and maligned anyways. But Nintendo, you don't have to worry when you're going to get Mario Kart or Smash Brothers. Oh, is this going to work now? Because that was the big right. thing from last year was how many games were launched that were broken was day a one. Lot. Yeah. It was nuts. I mean, Assassin's Creed is the big one because like, they even had like the PC version had like 
their you, eyes coming out. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> see that picture? It was nuts. It was like the it eyes were there. Terrifying. Like, yeah, it looked like an anatomy like thing going wrong or whatever. Yeah, like that's it the was problem with those corporations is they get they start getting run by people who don't know video games and, and aren't gamers. No. They're like, right. no, we've got to have this title out by this date because this is the release this date how much and it's got to go. And, and on top of that, we've got to clear these goals. We got to make this amount of money because that was a thing that. Like, I love Call of Duty, and I, as much as I hate to say it, a lot of times I fall into the dude bra gamer, because, like, <laughs> I okay. like Madden, I like Call of Duty, I, I just do, because they're awesome. <laughs> Admitting like, it is the first step. <laughs> exactly, it is, it really is, but, like, uh, I don't know, like, I'll get it, and every year Call of Duty, especially, like, past few years, it's been like, damn, I've done this before. Now, I will say this, last year was great, because they added, like, the double jumps and everything, but it's just, like... Okay, we're gonna just pump out the same thing and put a different skin. Which <laughs> don't even get me started about Madden. <laughs> That's pretty much Madden's like whole. It's like, just a roster all, update. It's just yeah. roster update. update. There yeah. you go, sixty yeah. bucks. And yeah. It's like, damn it, I want to play as Jameis Winston. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll pay sixty bucks in a side of crab legs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because like I feel like I always bring up Shovel Knight because that that is a, that is one of like my favorite games like of the past decade. It's so good. Because uh, it just makes me feel good, and that's that's the thing. Like when I play, you know, especially eight bit, sixteen bit games. Like, mm-hmm. um, I keep going back to bit evolution, but like it makes me feel like a kid again when I play it. Like it reminds yeah. me of the time where you know my sister and I would during the summertime when you're not in school, you have no worries, didn't have any bills, didn't have you know what I mean, no <laughs> no responsibilities. That's you what can you do just, all day. You can just so it reminds me of the days we'd go on a Nintendo and just just sit and play uh, games all day long, and it, it it just brings me back to that time where it was fun. And I always wonder, too, how well the new audience, you know, how those games hit the new audience. Because if people that didn't play the 8-bit style, you know, uh, how much they're playing off nostalgia. the nostalgia factor for them? Or is it, like, more of a curiosity? Because think about it. If you're a kid and you've you've only played, like, a 360 and a PS3 or 4 or whatever. You go back to 8-bit and you're like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) uh, Is it, like, a curiosity? Like, oh, you know, this is... This is how it used to be back in the dark ages when yeah. they rub sticks together. <laughs> or is it like, you know, like, or do they really enjoy it? Like, I, I would love to kind of talk to, like, a younger gamer, you know, that's maybe, like, well, 10 or something I've been and told, see what they think. Because I've been told, too, because I love the, the music uh, for 8-bit games and the chiptune style. I've been told, too, by people that played Shovel Knight that one of the things they didn't like was the soundtrack. I go, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> the amazing. soundtrack was fantastic. Yeah. It was done on an original NES cart. That game, and th- <laughs> th- the, the music was not the video, the video part because they did some cool extra stuff there. But, but the actual, the the composition was done on original cart. Like, how cool is that? How legit is that? that is very cool. And they, and they go, oh well, it's annoying. It just sounds like sounds to me. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it was a younger kid, and they yeah. did, they didn't grow up with that sound, so they didn't have. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. Music's good no matter what form it is. Like, if it's just good music, it's good music. I don't care what you know, what it looks, you know, how it sounds or where it's being made from. But yeah, I always wonder, like, you know, who? Because obviously. Uh, with major games and um, bit evolution, like that's gonna hit a huge market of nostalgia because mm-hmm. that was all the whole time I was playing. I was like, oh, this reminds me of Kirby. This reminds me of Super Mario. But it's not like overly like oh in your face. But it's kind of right. like if you've played that, you kind of appreciate it. Yeah, so. it's just like a little nod, like yeah, hey, like we played this wink, too. Wink, you know. <laughs> and so I really, really like that. Um, but I want to. My question to you is because what was the company again that was doing the mobile game? Um, oh, Good X Games. Yeah. So how do What's your thoughts on like mobile development? Because it's a totally different animal than you know doing oh, PC yeah. and all that. Any any insight on that? It's well, you have to simplify like controls a lot. 
Oh, true. Yeah, because of the screen. Yeah, you yeah. only have a screen. Like you don't can't bring up a keypad, and yeah. you don't want to add on extra features. Yeah. like it just you want gets something silly. easy to download. Yeah, on it phone. has to be something that somebody like waiting in a doctor's office or whatever can just pull out and play for 15 minutes at a time. They're not going to sit down for four hours straight and play right. on their phone, kind of thing. Right. So you do have to you do have to cater it towards a different audience, I think. And also, you gotta think about price point too. Yeah, like that's that's uh, that's a major thing. Because Nintendo, you know, they announced their their mobile partnership with DNA. Oh uh, yeah. And so, like that, that's gonna be interesting to see what Nintendo does because they're kind of feel like they're they're plan they're they're shifting a little bit of what they're wanting to do with the industry, and I think they're trying to go with the industry. Yeah. Because think about there's, I think uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about mobile games. Oh, definitely. Back when it first was really popular, and that's one thing that the iPhone really revolutionized, in my opinion, was. Uh, mobile games mm-hmm. they really got that iTunes store down perfect uh, and of course Android and other companies adapted uh, but if you think about before that the only other company Nokia had the engage do you remember that <laughs> yeah. it was it was like all right Awful. we're gonna yeah it was horrible <laughs> but they were the, they, it was revolutionary because no one's like People laughed at Nokia. Like, no yeah. one's going to play video games. No one's going to play games on their phone. That's silly. What are you talking about? If it's not solitaire, I mean, what do you, you know, what's the point? <laughs> or snake. Or, or chess or something, yeah. They're like, no one's going to play. They laughed Nokia out the building. And they're like, yeah. no, this isn't going to work. And it flopped. They were a little ahead of their time. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> but it was interesting to see where that started to where they are, you know, where mobile industry is now. Because oh, yeah. you games right now, you pull up your game, and you're like, I, I'm playing Hearthstone. I, Hearthstone is my jam. Like, I'm crazy <laughs> into Hearthstone. And it was PC only for a while, and then they decided they put out the tablet version, and they put out the mobile version. Now I'm all on my phone at the bank. I'm just like, all right, don't lose connection, don't lose connection. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there playing and stuff, and it, it's really cool because another thing, like Ubisoft, I give them a lot of credit too because they they decided to really adapt and embrace that mobile market with like Hitman Go. I don't know if you played that I game. I have right? not played that game. It is fantastic. Uh, and it's it's almost like playing chess because you're trying to get to a certain location. You want to take out enemies, but you obviously you're hit. You're you know you're an agent, so you want to do it stealthily. But you get bonus points for going different ways and whatnot. Really interesting. Uh, but like they really m- nailed the controls, and I think that's important because I've played mobile games. We've all played mobile games in the past where you have the. I don't know, like it just doesn't control correctly when you're trying to move. It's just got yeah. a wonky control scheme, pretty much. Yeah, because yeah. everything's touch based. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's why, like, I think games, I think games that really hit the nail on the head for the mobile industry that really put it in the stratosphere, you was games like Doodle Jump, where yeah, it's just you hit the button or whatever and go up, you hit the screen and go up. Uh, cut the rope is another one. We just Fruit Ninja. You know, yeah, it's really easy. Like I'm sorry, I'm I'm swiping. Sorry, I'm making a swiping <laughs> motion. Like, they can't see you what can't I'm doing. See it, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm making sound effects. Way <laughs> to go, radio man. <laughs> doing video stuff. Yeah, two videos. Uh, but then you're just swiping, simple touch controls. You know, that yeah. was easy to use. Look, I mean, the, the, ga- the games look really, w- really pretty. They had nice, you know, aesthetics to them, and that kind of really pushed. Like, all right, this is. This is kind of what you can do with, you know, Angry Birds actually was probably the most popular game. Oh, yeah. That really pushed the mobile games. Well, wasn't Flappy Bird for mobile, too, before it was pulled? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very popular, too. That was very popular. I think the thing with mobile games is that it was kind of gamers were a little anti-mobile games at first because they just thought it was simple and stupid, like Farmville and that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, like, creators kind of got a little bit more creative with it. Have you played Fallout Shelter? I, I, I don't. I, I want to. I nah. have an Android. I have an Android. So I oh, I played on my iPad. Ah, <laughs> I have an Android, too. Look at me my iPad. No, <laughs> uh, no it's, it looks really cool. But they learned that they didn't really have to make it just like just all Fruit Ninja games and stuff right. like that. Fallout right. Shelter is 
more complex. So yeah. I think now gamers are starting to accept mobile games a little bit more yeah. as its own like genre. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think people are starting to appreciate it. And I think, you know, with Nintendo, I think Nintendo is really going to – you take a big company like Nintendo and you're endorsing mobile games. Like yeah. The first time – other like I said, Ubi, I mentioned Ubisoft, but, like, no one's really doing it. Because, I, I, unfortunately, as much as I love Square, their mobile games haven't been very good. And mm-hmm. their their remasters of classic Final Fantasy games have been a pretty much a dud, in my personal opinion. They've done a, they've, they haven't done a good job. So they're not the company to look at. So I, I'm looking forward to Nintendo actually taking the reins and being like, all right, this is how you do mobile games. Yeah. And they're gonna, their IP is... Deuce and I say this all the time. And, yeah. and he's, you're wearing a Mario shirt yeah. right now. All right. <laughs> Their IP is the most recognizable IP other than Disney's. Oh yeah, I, you slap yeah. you slap Mario on anything, people are gonna buy it. And some well, people, it's, it's like the Disney and video games. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like everybody knows the characters. You you show a kid a picture of Mario or Yoshi or you know they know those char- Donkey Kong. They know those characters. Yeah. And, and even if they're not like gamers, they they know who Mario is. They know who Yoshi is. They know yep. the characters, and they're so recognizable. And if they can make it to where it's on a phone and it's fun, I think they're gonna make a lot of money. Oh yeah. I, I'm not a big phone gamer myself. It's just not really my bag. But like, I know a lot of people that do like mm-hmm. that play games on their phone all the time. Like One Clash of, our, of Clans. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my nephews. They were over here the <laughs> other day and we're watching TV, and I'm like. Get off the GD phone. I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, but I'm in the middle of this clash with my clan, and I'm doing this and that. And I'm like, we're watching wrestling. Put it down. Shit. I also think, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Farmville, because that was like Facebook. Like, that, they were the first one. Like, they didn't create the game, but they they held it on the platform yeah. for yeah. PC. And Zynga, I think, was the company. Zynga, I think. Zynga, yeah. yeah. Zynga was a company. Facebook, I think, ended up buying them, didn't they? I think so, they yeah. Because that's they why, did. like, they integrated yeah. with all the Facebook. Like, you could play Farmville on Facebook. Like, Mafia right. Wars yeah. and yeah. all right. that jazz, yeah. 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 And then, of course, you know, Candy Crush was huge, too, for oh, a while. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, that was really big. And then, of course, uh, Puzzle and Dragons is another game that's really, you should check out. It's really neat uh that's all like you know touch screen and like a like a uh, bejeweled almost in a way so like taking things that were already established and improving upon them also is really good for the industry so i'm curious to see what was the game solar the solar game the solar game yeah. so i'd be interested to see how how that does because i price point is huge too because you look at it uh, for some reason the mindset because of what apple did with the itunes a lot of companies you know are using the 99 cent yeah but now it's like you you look at what Square's doing. They're like, oh well, here's fourteen dollar mobile game. Like the, yeah. the the whole idea of mobile pricing has really changed a lot. It has. The years, Some so. of them are are full on games now. So yeah. So it's it's cu- I'm curious to see you know what the industry does, especially with Nintendo, because Nintendo, if you ever look at Nintendo's intrinsic value of what they do on their titles, like they don't price drop anything. Like, no. Very rarely do they. Like Mario, like for for, for the Wii U, the very first Mario game for Wii U is still sixty bucks. Like, yeah, they haven't dropped the price on that. They might do specials, but that's that's store exclusive. That's yeah. Like that's the not store Nintendo makes doing. A special. That's not Nintendo not doing. It for no, yeah. So, so it's taking yeah. a hit. Even on the it. older, not so great yeah. games like Mario and Sonic, uh, yeah. Winter yeah, Olympics. Yeah, Olympics. <laughs> it's yeah. like still sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's crazy. <laughs> But, like, I'd be curious to see what Nintendo values themselves because, you know, they, they value themselves highly. You want to. You oh, want to yeah. come out and be like, all right, here's nine ninety nine for my game. People are going to buy it, and they, they love the IP and, the, yeah. you know, Mario. Um, but they also came out and said they're never going to reprise something that's already out. So, like, they're not going to put Mario 1 on there. Oh, that's good. So, I like that. Where, you know, you, you want to get something in a different place. You wanna, yeah, new stuff. Yeah. So, I'm definitely curious, and um, I want you to let us know whenever it's available. Um uh, the solar games. Yeah. I'm curious yeah, to check that out. We'd love to have them come on the show. Yeah, we'll yeah we're it. hoping for a, a release this year. 
Oh, okay. I definitely want to check yeah. that out. 2015. Yes. Oh, we'll see. Do you know if anyone can get into the beta, or is there a... I'm not sure. I'm sure I could. Yeah. Yeah, let us know, because I'd be curious to have them on and talk to them about it, because I, lo- I love the... Yeah. We love games here. When yeah. we get a little closer to it, when we have sure. more confirmed yeah. things, I can. There's a lot of stuff in the works, so I sure. can't say yeah, to yeah, you yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just give <laughs> us a little bit. Just a little, little. So I'm not allowed to say certain things. So. Yeah. A little teaser there. Yeah. There's um, a lot of exciting stuff that's going on. So uh, what else? What else have you guys been doing? Uh, in because you guys are going to keep it in Florida, Orlando, Florida area. Because like support. Yeah. For now, the, we think yeah. that Orlando is kind of on the tipping scale of, of becoming uh, uh, eventually the next Silicon Valley. Sure. There's definitely. a lot of tech startups that are going on. We yeah. have. That's right there. Sure. Uh, yep. We have Microsoft down South Florida. Right. So we that's our plan is we want to be a part of the next Silicon Valley. So definitely. We're going to take a small break. Uh, and when we get back, we're going to talk more about what you've been playing lately. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> We're back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, and of course, our good friend here, uh, Amber Segan from Dreadnought Foundries. And uh, so she's been working with lots of cool people, and we're very excited about the projects that are coming the way and, and major games with uh, Bit Evolution and then uh, Solar Games and all that. Yeah. So, very exciting times. But I thought I would kind of roll back, relax a little bit, and ask you because we were talking before the show, you, you play games as well. Yes, I'm a big gamer. So what? How did you get into video games? Um, well, I have three brothers, <laughs> so <Okay>. that's how. <laughs> sure. And my dad was a, a computer programmer. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. So he he didn't really make video games, but he made. Have you ever heard of like the Mud? It's like uh, one of those text games on on the computer where you like type in go left, go right, and then you oh like, yeah, things. yeah, like yeah. Zork Nemesis, Zork, that kind yep, of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, text was, adventures. Yes, text yeah. adventures. Thank yeah. you. He was really into that, and he like he was like a creator of one or something. That's and awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I've been playing games since I was really little. He had a Commodore, and we played on that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Th- <laughs> way really back old machine. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Commodore sixty four. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, um, my older brother was always really good with money, and he always bought the latest Nintendo system, and we had one Sega, and oh no, two Segas. We had Sega, and then we had a Sega Dreamcast. So, oh, okay. Yeah, which was my favorite of all the things. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Everybody, because I owned a Dreamcast as well. Everybody amazing. who owned a Dreamcast said how much they loved it and how ahead of its time it was. It was so much fun. It was fun. It was very, the controls were easy. Yeah. The games were great. It just, it was, I think it was ahead of its time. And the other problem was it was so easy to bootleg games for. It was. That yeah. That's yeah. what killed it. Well, also, like, go back, because Deuce and I did it. We actually did our 15th anniversary um, Dreamcast, Dreamcast episode. episode. We talk about the Dreamcast. So go back and check that out, folks listening at home, because we kind of go in the ins and outs of you know the eighty million dollars Shinmu game and like you oh know my God, I love the no, the non third party support like Madden the EA goes we're not gonna make games on your system and that yeah. killed it like yeah. if you can't get Madden on your system psh, yeah, forget about it dude brah yeah <laughs> I can't get my Madden on the Dreamcast yeah. dude brah yeah I know right uh, but no that really hurt a lot and I was just reading from the industry and whatnot Dreamcast I never I missed it because it was only out for two years it yeah. was like boom I didn't even have time yeah. I was so busy playing my other systems like oh Dreamcast cool I love I love Sonic <laughs> what you know and like so I was and it yeah, coming from a guy who bought it on launch day, it was like that's uh, what my brother did. My brother I did, was always and I was, and I played it, and loved it, and they're like, oh, they're getting rid of it, and I'm like, what? So I, I 
that's the only thing I do regret. Like I traded it in in all my games because I was in the industry at the time, so I had a heads up that yeah. like they're getting rid they're of this done. man. Yeah. Dump it, dump it, and get yeah. some money out of it. So yeah. I did, but in hindsight, I wish I had just sat on it and yeah. sat on the games because Forever. yeah, because my mom, her favorite game in the whole world was Sea Man. Oh my gosh, that was such a fun my game. My mom loved it. Was it. Pretty and my quirky, mom is pretty is, out there, <laughs> uh, quite a few years older than me, of course. But I mean, she she was probably like. I don't remember. I was it was in, uh, like early high school, so I'd say she was probably fifty. Well, Dreamcast ish. came out in ninety nine. So. Well, so my mom was probably early fifties, and she would play that game. Like I'd come home from school, I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "I gotta get the goddamn thing to figure out what he's doing." <laughs> <laughs> she would like curse at it. Oh my she God. would just get so pissed. Yeah. She's like this son of a bitch won't get out of the water. Yeah, just screaming at Leonard just, Nimoy. Just <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, so you you've been playing pretty much most of the major systems. So like, is there any franchise that you kind of lean towards the most? I am obsessed with the Fallout franchise. Ever nice. since Fallout One, I've played them all. I'm obsessed with it. Eventually, I'd like to get a very large tattoo of Fallout stuff, but I don't like mm. Vault Boy. So I kind of yeah, wanna, I'm with you on that. I, I wanna, would go something yeah, else. Yeah, I want to go like uh, I want to get it on my thigh. I just don't know what I want yet. Okay, I maybe do one of the weird flags characters. or something. Yeah, but I don't yeah. really identify with any of the like the ranks the, yeah. or anything. Yeah, I really like the weird characters. Like, have you ever played Fallout New Vegas? The yeah. DLC? yeah, I yeah. like Muggsy a lot yeah. from the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> so I might get him. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite franchise. I'm obsessed with it. So uh, I guess we'll might as well ask the question now. What was your thoughts of uh, the Fallout 4 E3? Did you I watch it? I went into a like a downward panic of needing to have that collector's edition. Oh my god, <laughs> with the Pit Boy. Yes. Yeah. I ran out. I told GameStop. I was like, as soon as you, because I have friends at GameStop still. Yeah. Because as soon as you know that this is available for pre-order, you call me because yeah. I am going I, I to buy this. I will break speed <laughs> drive there and pay for it in full. And luckily, I, I, all my friends that work at GameStop are still back in Michigan. But the guy that works at the GameStop around my corner, I asked him if they were reserving it because they kind of had that weird window where they weren't reserving it's it. It's like we're not yeah. reserving it, but then it was like we're reserving it. And then like, like right two the hours, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not yeah. even an hour later, they're yeah. like, and now we're out. He so, was like, yeah. give me your name and number and I'll call you as soon as it. Because I was very, I missed out on the very first Amazon uh, Survival Edition for Fallout Three. Oh. Yeah, and I've kicked myself in the butt for that ever since. Yeah. Like I really wanted that Pip Boy. Was I think that it was the, the one that came with the lunchbox? It, or? No, that was the regular version. The Amazon Survival Edition came with like a Pip Boy alarm clock. I think it was. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah awesome. and it was only on Amazon. It's like one yeah. of the few exclusives they ever had right. that yeah. meant anything. And. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've always and now it's like eight hundred dollars online. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, so I can't buy that. No, yeah. <laughs> that's a little out of my budget. Yeah, yeah. So he called me and I, I literally, I was in the middle of a work meeting and I ran out the door and drove there and put all. You had to put all your money down. They couldn't you had reserve to pay it. Right. Full, you could, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people were SOL because right. they didn't have one hundred and fifty bucks at that yeah. random time. Yeah. And I got it. So thankfully. Woo. Thankfully. Yeah, and did you watch it. the you watch the conference? I did. I watched it live. Yeah. And what did you think when they were showing? Because I think what really hit people was like the cut the character creation where it was like in front of a mirror. Yeah. And you had sliders. You kind of changed an area. There's so much more character creation. I think yeah. they were kind of influenced by like um, Bioware. And, and, and sure. Mass Effect, Mass Effect and yeah. Dragon Age. You mm -hmm. can do so much more with their face. Sure. And then you can really customize your character in the yeah. most recent ones at least. And it really personalizes the game. Because yeah. it's not fun to see screenshots and have somebody run around with an exact looking character like yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not as exciting. So 
yeah, I'm very pumped about character creation, um, weapon creation. Oh, that's going to be awesome. And I love that anything that you find in the game, you can use for something. Like, yes. It's not just like, oh, I found a, I found a donut. Well, you could do something with that donut. <laughs> I found a screw on the floor. You could do something with you that screw. You can do anything. I think yeah. that's just great because before in games, you know, especially with Bethesda's ga- past games, oh, you definitely. get over-encumbered way too fast. And Here's a piece of hay you can pick up for no yeah, reason. Yeah, and you just get encumbered. You're like, oh, I yeah. can't move. I have to drop this, you know, like it's Skyrim <laughs> or something. And uh, no, I, I, you know, this is something that Deuce and I were both saying, and we had, we we did a, a E3 review episode, and our friend Nate joined us on it, and and uh, we were like, all three of us unanimously said, hey, that's a day one purchase for us. Like, we yes. have to buy yeah. that game. That game is, I I'm, and it comes out in November. I'm super stoked. November is gonna be awesome. I'm very uh, very November excited. November is gonna break our bank. <laughs> yeah, <at least laughs> that's every November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except for last year, it really wasn't. No, last year I got off a lot easier than I'm getting off this year. I don't think I bought anything. Oh, my God. It's terrible because November, it's Call of Duty. Then that's a Friday. The next Tuesday <laughs> is Fallout. And then the Tuesday after that is Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. So it's like that's going to be $150 a month, and that's just on those three. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, usually November is when uh, it, Best Buy and Target decide to get the, uh, as I like to call it, the gamer boner, where it's <laughs> you, you do a buy two, get one free. Oh, yeah. And it's like. All right, we're getting something for free. Daddy's <laughs> yep. getting something for free. Yep. So Buy it's like everything. I'll go there yeah. and I'll be like, okay, what during the Christmas, you know, Christmas bukkake of games, if you will, <laughs> that comes out, did I not get? And right. then I'll buy two and I'll get one free. So yeah. usually that's where I clean up and I just put them in the closet and I give them to myself <laughs> on Christmas morning. I'm like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, it's funny. With, with the Fallout series, I never played the first two. I played Fallout 3. Um. I really like Fallout Three, but I never get to finish it. It's a, you know, these games are huge, big yeah. scope, and because my uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty red ringed on me, uh, oh, no. wah, wah, uh, I haven't never got a chance to finish it. I'm so still kicking it. Yeah, yours are still going. Yeah, oh, yeah oh, wow. mine is too. Yeah. I have the black one, the, the two hundred and fifty one. Yeah, nice. yeah. Still going. I've got the old school white. No, <laughs> yeah, mine actually red ringed to death nine times. Oh my God. And so like they would always send you, they wouldn't send you back a newer model than what you had because that, that's how Microsoft rolls. Yeah, why would they do that? But it got <laughs> so it got to the point where literally I was on this like VIP list of like when it red ring I call they'd overnight me a box I would put it in there and it would overnight to them and yeah. then they'd overnight it back so literally I would only be out three days before it came. That's back. awesome. So. To see if like a zombie console, it just keeps coming yeah, back to life. Yeah. Well, they, that's the thing because each time I got it, I always take a picture of it, and each time I got it back, it, it's got a different serial it's a number. Different, huh? yeah. Well, it's a different serial number, so it's not the one I sent back. No, but yeah, because I don't think it was really repairable. I think they yeah. just like junk it. Yeah, they probably are, try again. Yeah. Well, the thing is, how quick they sent it back to me. I'm like. Literally, they would scan it in and because it tells you on FedEx, like yeah. what it, you'd see, they scanned it in, yeah. and then like ten minutes later, they scan one out. I'm like, there's no way they opened <laughs> this up and fixed it in ten minutes. Done. Like, yeah, they're yeah. just like, just grab him one off the shelf. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, fall, so I'm really looking forward to Fallout Four because I know it's taking back in like, because the thing with Bethesda's games, and, I, and I'm a huge, like, huge Skyrim fan. Oh, like, yeah. I played, I played Morrowind, loved it. Uh, I played Oblivion, not as much, but I played Oblivion, liked it. But Skyrim was the game that really go, that really made me go, wow, this is, this is amazing. I've logged 225 hours into Skyrim. I don't even want to know how much I've logged. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. Uh, on my, on the crappier version, actually, PS3 version, which is the weaker version, actually. Uh, they, uh, I got lucky, I guess. I didn't have any glitches or bugs on mine, but none whatsoever. None. In a Bethesda game, 
<laughs> Not anything I like noticeable. Their bugs. Wah, wah. We, were, <laughs> we were talking about glitches, but I actually do like right. their bugs. They're always they're always something funny that happens. Yeah. Like I had yeah. a death claw fall on me in like the beginning section of Fallout Three, like yeah. where you're level two. Yeah. And just a death claw fell from the sky on That's me. That's hilarious. There's always funny things. Yeah. Skyrim's like that too. Yeah. Uh, I love Skyrim. So like seeing what they're saying are right, well, we're gonna take Skyrim and it's gonna be like five times larger than Skyrim and they're using that like basis off the same engine and I'm just like, Oh, okay. And then when they, because it leaked what a day or two or a week early, fall that off was course. really weird. They, uh, it was like they were gonna, they obviously were gonna announce something at E3. Yeah. And then like two days before that, they were there. This like, like ominous countdown went up on their site and was very clearly for Fallout because they used the Fallout backdrop. Right. And then they even before the countdown even finished, then they announced it before the countdown finished. It yeah. was like a really we. I'm guessing yeah. somebody must have leaked, leaked something somewhere, and so I they were trying to get in front something. of it. Well, yeah. I think it's exactly what it was. I think probably something got out, and they're like, "Look, we got hit. We don't know who has what." And they're like, "Let's get in front let's of it. Just let's just this. go ahead and do this. Let's drop it before somebody gets the exclusive, and then their website gets a bajillion right. page true, hits. True. We might no, as well get those. We might hits. as well get those yeah, hits. It's true." God knows in this business, it's all about page hits. Yeah, it so really is. It really yeah. is. <laughs> uh, so I'm really looking forward. I love all the, the, the crafting system with all the items. looks great. The, you know, the the Skyrim build your own area, like kind of like mechanics. That where looks they're like, cool. You yeah. know, you can like set up and then people come to flock to your area. like they And then they'll start attacking because they want to take your area. Yeah, like, it's yeah. really, really interesting. That whole this system. This is a game I think we're going to be playing for years to come. Well, as I oh, say, yeah. like yeah. it's a game that, you know, you'll get a lot, you know, a lot of mileage out of. And I, I really, you know, really looking forward to that. So what what are you playing currently? What games are you going through uh, right now? Currently, I've been finishing up a playthrough of Dragon Age 1, 2, and Inquisition. Ooh. Yes, I'm in Inquisition right now. Um, I loved Inquisition. Um, I loved all of Well, I didn't really love the second one. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot the second one. See, everybody did. Yeah. yeah. The it was more first streamlined. one is yeah. amazing, and the third one was amazing. So, yeah, yeah I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm on my second playthrough of Inquisition right now. Nice. Yeah. I, I love those games. They're yeah, amazing. The Bioware in general has a, a really nice pedigree of games. Yeah. Put out. Well, see, we were talking about big corporations, uh, Dragon Age 2. That, that's where they kind of showed their corporation-iness. Yeah. It's they, a lot more streamlined. It was like, yeah, all right, this is the RPG gamer it. for people that don't play RPG games. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I felt. Yeah. You know, it was very streamlined, you know, cut. It wasn't a lot of grinding needed, and it just... Which kind of, what's the point of RPG then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so, want to level up my character. Right. I want to do all these weird things. Like And they did such a great job with the Mass Effect series. My oh, yeah. Sans, the issues with 3 towards oh, the end yeah. of the story, which they corrected. I actually haven't played the corrected version yet. Oh, okay. I, pl I played it before the huge, angry backlash. Yeah, the internet exploded for a bit. Um, but I love the games in general, because it was one of those... It was the first game that I really felt like what your character did mattered. Like, yeah. Like truly. Like I, rem I remember going into Mass Effect Two, going, "Holy crap! That happened in one. This character is no longer alive. Yeah, that your person's gone. Can die they're done. <laughs> for and then, good. Yeah. And then I go into Mass Effect Three, and they're talking about stuff that happened in Mass Effect One. My head mm -hmm. exploded. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like <laughs> I was, like it was exciting because it really felt like it was your character. Like you went through this. You felt like you're watching like like for example like Lord of the Rings, right? You yeah. have the characters that go through this tale, the rise and fall of all the different things. 
and at the end you have a complete, complete moment and you're behind the characters, but like it's your character that it's you created. You. Yeah. It's you. And it's not like the, should they have like the typical master, uh, I want to call it Master Chief, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, Commander Shepard, where it's like, the bald, shaved, bald guy that was like was on the cover, but like no one had that character. No, like it was all your you? own character. And I played as oh, a female. You did? <laughs> you did? <laughs> He's making a funny face. Oh, I had the female one, but I just used the stock female character. Oh, she was the least beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, Anytime there's a choice where I can play a man or a woman, I play a woman. Jennifer really? Hale. Yeah, every time. Yeah, kudos, every single time. It's kudos like, to yeah. Jennifer Hale. She's awesome. She does a lot yeah. of great voice work. Yeah, she um, does. And she was awesome in Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, but I also like to go back to Bioware, like like Jade Empire. Like no one played Jade Empire. Oh, it yeah, was I so good. That. It was so fun. Uh, you know, and it was really you know the, the way they did the lore with the Asian lore and all that was awesome. And the They're, music. Whoever their lore person is is yeah. very. They really good. Do I'm sure homework. it's a team of people. They but do their homework. For yeah, sure. the, the way they can make their own religions, their <sighs> own national like awesome. ethnicities, whatever. It's well, that's the thing with like Mass Effect, like the scope of the world, like they nothing uh, yeah. felt like it didn't feel like it was ripping off Star Wars or Star Trek. No, like it, it didn't feel like it was. It, it felt like it was amalgamation of like everything that you know. Like I like a love letter to those things. Like it was, it felt like. All right, this is we create our own race of characters, we create our own, you know, transportation systems, our ships, our mass effect relay, all that was yeah. all like very smart, very well, like from the science of things. I really appreciated. So like if people do their homework, you know, on that, I really, you know, really like I resonates with me, you know, when you see this type of game. Now those are big scope games. Yeah. Like wh- is there anything that you play like more of a smaller title? Like I'm trying to think. Um I really just own mainly games that have high what replayability. What systems do you have? What systems do you have? I, uh, I have a PS3 and an Xbox 360. Okay. So Fallout 4 will be my first venture into the new consoles. And what are you getting? You yeah, that was, the, yeah. that was the million dollar question. I'm getting question. a PS4. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Good uh, answer. Xbox almost won me over when they said that they would allow modding. But then I think it's just for like a couple games. So yeah, and like I was they like, said do they're I really do need it for modding? Fallout yeah. and then do it for a couple other things. I mean, yeah. I I, ca- I can't speak for myself because I want my PS4 for Taco Bell. But I love <laughs> my PS4 and Johnny loves his too. Yeah. I, and I'm I was gonna buy an Xbox One because I've got all my music for Rock Band on Xbox 360. Oh right right. And they said like, well, if you buy it for the Xbox One, you get to keep all your music. Look, I have hundreds of dollars invested in Rock Band music. Yeah. Like st- <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it's stupid amount of music so i'm like well okay i'm gonna have to get an xbox one but then they said they're moving you know gears won't be till next christmas so i'm like well i'm gonna have to wait for my gear system and then i'll go find rock band for the xbox one but yeah i mean right out the gate i probably would have bought a ps4 first even though i won mine from taco bell i think it's interesting because of the we talked about last generation how the 360 was winning for the most you know most of the the life cycle of the consoles and then it wasn't towards the end where, you know, Sony was doing, like, the the Last of Us, you know, amazing yeah. game. Like, uh. they started really selling consoles based on those exclusives. And now it's like, think about it in all honesty. Sony really hasn't had that many first-party titles come out since the launch. You yeah, have the exclusive inf- thing kind of died, it seemed. Yeah, well, the infamous yeah. Second Son was exclusive to the console. And, like, both, both Microsoft and Sony are doing exclusive, but they're... But it seems like they each only have maybe three or four exclusives apiece. Um, yeah, they're not really, like, well, I that's need That's why that it was a big title. deal for, yeah. for Microsoft to have that timed exclusive for Tomb Raider because, think about it, like, what, what does Sony have coming out the rest of the year other than, was it Dark... Not Dark Horizons, what's it called? I'm trying to remember. Like Nathan Drake collection, but that's about well, it. Well, Nathan and Drake collection, but they've got the oh, right, uh, Dawn or oh, something Dawn. I forget the name of it, but th- it's a it's a game with Hayden Panettiere. I can't oh, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, one. it's coming out uh, until Dawn. That's what it's called. 
Uh, that's coming out. That's a Sony, ex- uh, f- you know, first party exclusive. Um, but other than that, Sony, what their presence at E3 was, all right, we're gonna pick up the big boys and yeah. have you know you play it on our system first. Like they they had the main stage for Call of Duty. They had the main stage for Battlefront. Like they're saying, and they're playing them on these systems. So it's kind of like what Microsoft did all these years with Call of Duty. Like they 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 were like, you thought of Call of Duty, you thought of Microsoft. Yeah. You know, and now it's kind of like with Destiny, that was the big campaign for Sony. They're like, now mm-hmm. when you think of Destiny, you think Sony. Sony. You don't yeah. think Microsoft. And that's that kind of tells the market, especially now with with the PS4 having what 28 million units sold, ridiculous yeah, amount of units. Yeah, it's like double of the Xbox. Yeah, it is. It's the fastest selling system up to that point. Um, and if it continues on, it'll sell more than the PS2, which is the best selling system of all time. Uh, which is crazy to think, but like <laughs> the the current pace that they're at, with not even having any exclusives, like the the next exclusive doesn't come out, like it's other than until dawn, until next year. Yeah. You don't have, you know, you have Uncharted Four, you know, coming out, right? Uh, and all these other games coming out. So it's like, you know, the fact that it's still selling games based on just, uh, you know, third party titles is pretty amazing. It so is, yeah. But it's also, it seems like the third party titles always run better. On the PS4. Well, it's true. It is easier, and developers have said it's easier to develop games for the PS4 because it comes from like a PC standpoint, the way it's right. running. Um, it's a lot easier to run for. And then, of course, the ported version goes to Xbox One. Not all the time. Um, but it's it's interesting to see like that the console wars are still there. Like it's yeah. like kind of like duking it out. Like, you know, one of the biggest hits, I think, for Sony, other than Tomb Raider, was insomniac games uh, you know did all the ratchet and click games those were oh, all sony yeah. games they yeah. made sunset overdrive which is xbox one exclusive and i also think it was there was a pro and con to that because i think it's to the detriment of insomniac because they only had one system they could sell it on yeah. and because ps4 was selling so well i i don't think they got as many sales as they wanted so it's yeah, kind of like when you do an, catch anymore yeah when you do an exclusive you really have that you play russian roulette yeah you, know, you don't really know what's going to happen um, do uh, you know we've been playing some games? Uh, right now we're both playing The Witcher uh, three. Oh, okay. I'm and playing Batman. And You're Batman, playing Witcher. Yeah. So like th- that's what we're playing right now. Um, I've been playing a hell hell of a lot of Hearthstone. Like Hearthstone's been like my main jam. <laughs> and I just picked up Splatoon, which oh, okay. is amazing. Yeah, I was on the fence. Thing. I was on the fence about Splatoon because I was like. It's like like Nickelodeon. Like, what is this? Yeah, like you a know? little kitty. But yeah. no. G- get into it. It's like freaking Team Fortress Two, like deep level, <laughs> like customization of the weapons and the level design. Like, I was blown away. Like my friend Marcus, who's been on our show too a few times, Marcus Cleveland. Big shout out to him. He came over to the house one day and he's like, "Here, here's Platoon. Check it out for a couple hours." And I played it and I was like, "All right, I want to play more." You know, <laughs> it's it's basically the, in a nutshell, Splatoon. And we'll in another episode with Marcus, he'll come on and we'll do more in depth. But Splatoon is essentially like, you know, the games in like Call of Duty where you, you yeah. have to get like uh, not capture the flag, but like your zones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Destiny had one of yeah, those where yeah. you capture the zone. Well, it's almost like capturing the zone, but you're doing it with paint. Okay. So you're painting over someone else's area, and at the end of the three minute time limit, which I think is perfect, you're not overstaying. It's welcome. At the end of a three-minute time, you see who has painted the most. Like It's almost like a mess. It's really cool. You see who's painted the most at the end of the level. It gives you a percentage. Like, you know, say you're, you you start off with blue. You want to paint over the red team. And then, then whoever has the most, either blue or red, wins the game. But also there's deep, like, customization with your with your weapons. Like, you have different sub-weapons that you throw in there as well. So it's kind of like it got that in-depth Call of Duty feel to it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's paint. Yeah. So, like, I can play this for my kids. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's not anything, you know, crazy. So, like, yeah. I, I think I'm going to get a lot of playability out of it. Just the fact that 
Because up to the point, you know, I have two kids. My son's five. My daughter's two. I can't sit down and play The Witcher while they're awake. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, no. I'm a good parent. You know what I mean? Some parents, whatever. But, like, I'm a good parent. And, like, Maybe if op- you don't do any romancing in it yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. It, it, the opening shot has a dude cutting off a horse's head. So, oh, like, well. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think my son would like that. Or he'd no. be really, like, traumatized by that. So, like, as a good parent, I wait till the kids are in bed to, before I play those games. But right. the nice thing was, like, Actually, the nice thing with Nintendo in general, like most of the games I can play. And yeah, they don't really do a lot of M-rated, except for that. Um, they did a couple. They did that one with like an escaped convict or something. I'm trying to remember what it's called now. I, st- I snuck it into my house and played it when I was younger. <laughs> I don't oh, Manhunt? Manhunt, yes. Yeah, Manhunt. I remember that game. That, that was game pretty was graphic. Pretty graphic. Yeah. And also, they... they <laughs> that was a Rockstar game. Rockstar yeah. game. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. But it was for the Wii. That's yeah. what was weird. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, what was it? Platinum Games did Bayonetta 2, which, you know, not bad, but there's cursing in it, and there's a lot of sexual innuendo in there. And then uh, Mad World, which is another crazy game, that really graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good, but crazy, uh, you know, graphic and whatnot. So I just think it's interesting to see, you know, like, you know, you started off with the old systems, you know, your brothers had them and all that, yeah. and the Dreamcast, and Deuce and I had the same same deal growing up. And then the fact, you know, where games have changed, because we talked about earlier, kids now, like, my son doesn't, and my son does know what the 8-bits are because I've showed him. Yeah, and I'm, I showed a good him. Parent. I'm a good parent. <laughs> so, like, he's playing Kirby, like Kirby Adventure for NES. He's yeah. playing that. He's playing Super Mario World. But if the parents are, like, say a parent doesn't play those games or doesn't really care about those games, and they're only showing the kids, like, the updated big graphic stuff. Brand new stuff. Brand yeah. new stuff, you know. Call like, of Duties. And yeah. So, like, you have, you come different, uh, you wear different glasses, you know. Yeah, like, and definitely. So it's interesting to see, you know, that shift, because we talked about earlier about the indie titles, how, you know, how well they're doing. You know, indie titles are typically cheaper to make, easier yeah. to produce. A lot of them are digital only, non-retail, so you don't have to worry about shipping costs, printing costs, marketing, marketing like and that. all that. So it's a lot easier, you know, to do that type of stuff. And then some things, you know, do get kickstarted, like or Indiegogo, they get the little uh, uh, kickstarted campaigns and whatnot. You yeah, know. that's kind of the standard now is to start yeah. with an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter and and build from there if you need investors or, or whatever that you need from there on. Yeah. Um, I think the interesting thing with indie games and kids nowadays is that they're harder than some of the games that they're playing, I would argue. Like, Call of Duty, you kind of know what's... They know what's expected of them. They know how they're supposed to go. um, But they don't understand how to play these platformers because they don't play them. So even though it's so simplistic and you're just jumping when you need to jump, it's so frustratingly hard. Well, it's funny. I, I you mentioned that because there's a, there's a vi- there's a YouTube channel. I forget the name of it, but it's 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 like teenagers playing stuff. Yes. Yeah, and they they put like all these different games in front of oh, them. Oh, the kids play where it's like yeah. kids play a Game Boy. Yeah. Kids yeah. Play and they're like, like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's funny how games are made today as opposed to back then. We, we always joke. I mean, you see the joke on the internet all the time. If Mario Super Mario World came, or Super Mario Brothers came out today, it would have a tutorial screen saying. A to jump, this yeah. to do this, down, hit down to go down pipes. But back then, they didn't hold your hand. No, like it you was just it like, out. go, go do it. You, you have jump. X amount of lives. You better yep. not lose them because you're gonna start from the beginning. Yeah, but <laughs> games were really hard too back then. Because you think about like we had talked about it with our friend Mike. Uh, we did our top five games of all time list, which you guys definitely should check out. Uh, really fun time. Um, all of us had different games, which was cool. Uh, but like think about like back then, games weren't very long. 
But no. they were just really hard. Like, you could beat Mega Man in one an hour if you're that good. Yeah. But it wasn't a huge, deep game. It wasn't until Super Mario Bros. 3 that you're like, oh, wait, this is the meat of a game. You have eight worlds. Yeah. And each world has, like, all these different mechanics that you have to learn. All like these different stages. Different and stages and stuff. So, like, that game could take you hours upon yeah. hours to actually complete without Warp Whistles. Obviously, Warp Whistles was, you know, a way to like, go, through this, <laughs> go through the game quick. Expedite it. Expedite it is a good word. So, it's, it's funny to see the, the industry changing and trying to appease... You know, and also trying to make money, you know, because you think about like kickstarting something, you know, or a small indie title. It's like, I think a lot of times, you know, with Kickstarter, you kind of get to see if there's a demand there. Yeah. You know, and so that's why I've kind of, I want to get your thoughts on this too, because you mentioned Shinmu earlier. On Eddie 3 for the Sony Preps Conference, and we talked about this a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts on it. They they did a Kickstarter campaign announced yeah. on E3 for Shinmu 3. And within like an hour or two, it got, you know, it was like two million, whatever. And then Sony's like, oh, well, we'll fund the rest. What's your thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of mixed opinions on the internet about. Um, well, I know some people, you know, like with Zach Braff uh, doing his movie. Oh, yeah, video game there. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some people are just like, you know, well, you have other outlets you can go to. Why right. are you trying to take money away from your right. fans? Um, but at the same time, it kind of offers a fun like interaction with your fans like because kickstarter every amount you put towards it you get something back so it's not right. like they're taking it 100 percent. it's from not you. like you're taking your money you get yeah. something back and you know what you're getting when you put it up it's not right. like you're just throwing it tells money you out like to hope this level for back. this yeah. i right. know um uh, the show con man i don't know if you guys are like uh um nathan Fillion fans yeah yeah the show con man with um alan, alan Tudyk. Tudyk. yeah, yeah. He, they did that, yeah. and even though obviously they have yeah. industry like insides that yeah. they could go to for but also for in revenue. A lot of ways, I think it it's kind of to kind of gauge gauge yeah. the market People and just kind of see interested. which way the wind's blowing. Because it's like, look, okay, we got our our goal, and then they can take that back to the company. Or, in my opinion, in some of these cases, the company goes go to Kickstart. If you can hit this goal, we'll we'll do the rest. We'll do more. That's what Sony yeah. did with Harmonix for Amplitude because yeah. they were going to do this. They did this whole campaign where like, all right, we're bringing Amplitude back, you know, yeah. for new systems, but we don't really, you know, we don't know what people think about this game. And and Sony goes, hey, if you get this many people, then we're going to help you fund the rest. Right. Yeah. So I kind of see that, but it's a lot of people are like, uh, after the E3 conference, they were like. Sony was going to do it anyways because yeah. it's on the stage. If any company was on the <laughs> stage and said, hey, check this game out, I think you can have a really good chance of getting your, your Kickstarter campaign yeah, funded. Definitely. When, you know, imagine if like Shovel Knight was announced for the first time ever. Like, hey, check out this indie darling. It's really cute. We want to get it kickstarted. And they do it on at the main stage at E3. And, and yeah, they would have been done in an hour. They would have done it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this, that's why there's some pros and cons, like some mixed, that, yeah. mixed feelings. Um. And uh, and of course, how expensive Shinmu Two is. You know, uh, said there was uh, eighty million dollars to make the game yeah. at the time when games didn't cost half of that, a no. third of that. Well, it was like four or five discs, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was it was really interesting, you know, to see where we are now because video games are, you know, it's a huge billion dollar industry now. Oh yeah. You know, and people are treating it that way. Like you look at like voice acting, and you, you, I think it was a big deal when Call of Duty got uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a huge deal, you he know. He kind of creepy in the game, to be he honest. He did, <laughs> and he was it so realistic. It was <laughs> yeah. creepy as shit, It was man. unsettling. Yeah, it was like L.A. Noir, yeah. Like, yeah. so realistic, yeah, it's creepy. Facial, that's a good good reference, actually. Yeah. Cause Thank I, you. <laughs> I actually like that game a lot. Um, I, I sucked at it. I can't tell when people are lying, apparently. 
I, I got a weird feeling playing that game. Sorry, yeah. to, to, we, we tangent, we're a conversational <laughs> podcast. But L, it's funny you bring up L.A. Noir because I played it uh, when it was like discounted. I got it cheap uh, for an Xbox 360. And I remember I remember playing it and I was like, is Michael Rap- Rappaport, I think? Rappaport. Rappaport, I think. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> was, he was on there and, uh, you know, good actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, God, he looks just like him. His little muscle fibers, like he moves his, like, his eyebrows. And I was like, wow, this is kind of weird because you you want you kept staring at the faces and you're not looking what else is going on yeah in the but they they bring people in you're like i know that person who's yeah. that not going it was it'd be like this game of like i had indb and yep. a microphone <laughs> and be like all right oh okay they were in that they were in that okay i got you i knew who they were like they had what uh I don't know. I'm, I don't remember the people now, but they had different people throughout the, you know, they're they're pretty pretty famous, but it was like when I'm going through the game, I was playing it, and I was like, it, it what cuz this is Rockstar, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, Rockstar published it. Published. Somebody oh. else made it. Because oh, that okay. was a big deal because it's like another company made it and then Rockstar said, "Look, we'll publish it for you." And I gotcha, think there was gotcha. a lot of rigmarole. Oh, there was. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes more sense cuz yeah. it wasn't really a I mean, yeah, it was violent a little bit. Well, yeah, it was murder that. in it. Like, but it was an Australian company that was making it, and I think what happened is they kind of hit a brick wall, and they were like, mm. shit, but if we you get got a company, this really good game, but we yeah, can't get any can't traction. Can't go anywhere, yeah. And then uh, Rockstar was like, look, we'll step in, we'll distribute it, but we want yeah. a third of it. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, okay. And then because they're Rockstar, they could distribute well, it everywhere. Yeah, anybody will buy some, it. Some companies have done that, too. You know, like, for example, like currently – uh, you look at Sony; they're publishing Street Fighter Five. Yeah, you know they're actually putting money into the development of the game. So, yeah. like that's why it's a PS4 exclusive, other than PC. Yeah, uh, which I don't know how that works, but <laughs> the, the console version they're putting money into funding that. You yeah. know, and and uh, if I'm, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Microsoft is actually putting some money into Tomb Raider. I think that's how they're mm. able to get it there. I wouldn't first. be surprised. Put I mean, uh, you know, way. they had to front in that deal where sure. it's like, look, we're yeah. going to pay you X amount of money yeah. because yeah. we get it exclusively for a year. Sure. And that money, of course, goes into the funding of the game. So, I mean, yeah. they're they're funding it one way or another. If they're saying, hey, this money goes straight to that or, hey, we're well, going to give you this much to have it for a year. Wouldn't even, like you said, with the L.A. Noir, some games wouldn't even been made. Like Bayonetta yeah. 2. So Nintendo went ahead and just paid for the whole game. Like, hey, really? this isn't yeah. coming out for anything else. Um, we, you, Platinum, you want to re, you want to revisit this game and you want to do it, then we'll pay for the whole funding of the game. And Nintendo just paid them cash, you know, whatever, and and they they funded the game. That's why we have Bayonetta too, because it wasn't going to come to the end of the consoles. So I kind of liked that some companies, and it was well received too. It was, it was actually in some of the Game of the Year uh, nominations last year. So uh, I think it's kind of cool to see some games wouldn't see light of day if it wasn't for you know a company that has deep po- uh, pockets you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, video games are awesome. We're all passionate about. It. Obviously, <laughs> you're you're in the industry. You love you love that with uh, Dreadnought Foundries um, and everything like that. Of course, you guys have uh, you're helping out Solar Games with the PR and the marketing and social media for that, as well as uh, major games for Bit evolution really really cool game uh check that out on steam it's awesome it might be coming to your phone soon so keep an eye out for that as well uh any other things you want to uh talk about or plug or anything or how do people find it on the internet find you on the internet uh you can find me just by my name my twitter is at amber segan c-y-g-a-n um you can check out bit evolution uh at www.bitevolutiongame.com or bit evolution on facebook and twitter um and yeah that's where you can find us Awesome. So <laughs> definitely check them out. Yeah, man. And tell them the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce sent you. And, uh, of course, uh, we are the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly we podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening, listening, for your <laughs> listening pleasure. 
And, of course, uh, when you're in the social media, you want to put in three different hashtags, and people will find us. It's hashtag HH Podcast Show, hashtag Happy Hour Podcast, and hashtag Deuces, Deuces on, on the Loose. loose. Later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>